This is Mary Lewis at a tiny homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with cottage food producers, homesteaders, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Rick at Homegrown Gardens. Good morning, Rick. Tell me all about yourself and Homegrown Gardens. Well, I guess uh, starting with myself, I'm currently living in Fergus Falls. I'm originally from Fargo, North Dakota. Um, I did uh, go to NDSU and, and received a bachelor's degree in production horticulture, as well as a master's degree in soil science, uh, looking at the uh, effects of uh, nitrogen and phosphorus fertilization on the on the culture of carrots. So I'm probably one of the few people that have done uh, carrot research in this part of the country. Um, I do have four uh, adult children, all living, well, a couple of them live in Fargo area, one, one in Dilworth, one in Fargo, one in Hunter, and one just moved to Fredonia, North Dakota, which is um, about three hours away from just about everywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm currently, um, I got married about oh, six or seven years ago now and uh, living in her house in Fergus Falls. And we kind of started this uh, homegrown gardens by by accident, so to speak. Uh, I was out of out of work. I had worked for the University of Minnesota up in Crookston teaching production horticulture, and they decided that they didn't need two full-time instructors anymore. So since I was the one that had been there the shortest amount of time, I was the one that got to leave. But anyway, I was working with uh, Red Lake Reservation on some farmer beginning farmer training, and I was kind of bored, and I had this greenhouse that my uncle had given me, so I decided I was going to put it together and see if I could grow a few things. Um, started, uh, got it set up in the backyard, and I said said to my wife, I said, well, what should we grow in it? Maybe we should get some cuttings and do some hanging baskets and stuff like that just for kicks, and then I decided, you know, maybe I could sell some of these at the at the local farmer's market and went ahead and started doing that in, uh, in April, actually May of, what was it? Three years ago now, just about three years ago. And then I decided maybe we should do some vegetables. Well, we had such a good time doing that. I, I say that with a little laughter, but, uh, just using our backyard we decided that maybe we needed a little bit of land and the former Bluebird Gardens uh, building site, we don't live on site there, but we did purchase their building site, which pretty much had everything we needed to start growing right away. A good source of water and lots of, lots of buildings and stuff like that. So we've been uh, currently growing outdoors, but now we're starting to, well, kind of continuing to build a high tunnel. Got a small greenhouse there, and uh, we do bedding plants, we do vegetables, we do uh, garden mums, and looking to expand a little bit maybe into a few perennials uh, like hostas and stuff like that. Nice. That is amazing. I love it when when fate has different plans than what you had for yourself. 
So with a with a horticultural background, you you must really know what you're doing, right? Well, I, I like to think I do, but I'm I'm learning. Maybe I don't know as quite as much as I, I thought I did. But uh, uh, the the horticultural background actually started when I was a youngster. My grandparents had a small um, nursery flower shop business in Park River, North Dakota, and I used to spend a lot of time there helping my grandma with uh, the plants and whatnot, and kind of kind of fell in love with that that. Uh, horticultural area a little bit and decided to pursue it a little further so I guess uh, I know quite a bit but there's always stuff to learn yeah it never ends because things change like the climate changes as I'm sure you noticed this summer (laughs) oh yeah no doubt Uh, we found we found that pretty much everything I do on the farm there's some kind of pushback that um, I'm finding that uh, it's not doesn't always work the way I, I hope it did. Yeah, this summer was really rough for everybody. We live in Lasore, which is probably what six hours south of you. I, I'm sorry, I missed that. We live in Lasore, so I think oh, we're about sure. I think we're about six hours south of you, maybe maybe four. I don't know, but uh, it was so dry here that our carrots did nothing. We we planted, we were expecting hundreds of carrots. I think we got four. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned carrots because uh, having done my research on carrots, you think I would uh, like like to grow carrots, but I really don't like growing carrots anymore. I think I did too much carrot work when I was doing my master's degree, so I haven't commercially produced any carrots yet, but I'm thinking maybe next year I'll have to do that because I keep having people ask me about carrots and I have to tell them, sorry, I didn't grow any. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No, we just, the ground was so dry that they just did not grow. The the tops grew, but the the roots did nothing. And it was, it was really rough. We had, we, we do a farmer's market. We, we participate in a farmer's market first year this year. And, uh, People kept asking if we had tomatoes, and we did not have tomatoes until mid-July this year. And no one had tomatoes around here because it was just so dry. The plants just could not could not thrive. It was awful. Um, our tomatoes did great, and we had tomatoes for everybody in a three-county area. I swear, we had buckets of tomatoes this year. <laughs> but, uh, no, this summer was really, really rough. And it worries me because um, people need to eat vegetables to live, I think. My husband would beg to differ. He's not a, not a vegetable guy. He loves to grow them, but he doesn't like to eat them. And, <laughs> and I really worry that, that we're going to have big issues sooner than later with trying to feed ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, on, on the tomato side, we, uh, we actually had... A whole lot of tomatoes in starting in uh, July, as most have. But we found about middle of August that our our tomatoes kind of maxed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get them all trellised and you know do all that stuff like I should have. And I had some help harvesting, and they got a little trampled and stuff like that. But we looked at the I, I put the tomatoes in our in our greenhouse. 
and I had them laid out on on trays, and I looked at them and said, "We got to do something with these tomatoes because we're not not selling enough of them at the farmers market to quick enough to get rid of all these." So rather than decide to do some marketing and try to find people that want to do canning and stuff, we started canning our own and went ahead and got the uh, cottage license, and we did some uh, half tomatoes. And we did a lot of sauce, and we still have sauce in the freezer that we need to can up. But uh, we ended up selling quite a few of those. So uh, this whole value-added thing has turned out really well for us. The same thing with our raspberries, which were at our property before we bought it. We were selling fresh raspberries, and we had so many raspberries that we weren't selling. We decided to dehydrate uh, some of those. So every night I would. We would, my wife would harvest every day, and I would go and sort them and stuff like that in the evening, and then I'd start them in the dehydrator, and we ended up making raspberry powder, and, and I tell you, that stuff flew off the shelves. Within two weeks, we had sold it all. Of course, we didn't have a whole lot because, you know, uh, a raspberry doesn't make a whole lot of powder when you get it all done, but... yeah. I tell you, that that was kind of a eye-opener to me that, you know... We need to get on top of that dehydrating right away instead of waiting until we had so many um, raspberries that we couldn't didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, it just seems like there's not enough hours in the day for everything that we should be doing. <laughs> well, this this is definitely true for me because I actually work a full time job uh, in Breckenridge. I work at St. Francis Hospital where I'm the farm project coordinator there. So I'm doing the same thing here at work as I'm doing it at my my farm. Uh, the only difference is instead of selling our produce here at St. Francis, we actually donate about 95% of it to, directly to the food pantry. And we also uh, supply some for our kitchen here at the hospital as well. Fantastic. I, I love that. We donated... Um tomatoes and cucumbers to our local food shelf this summer and they were so excited to to get the fresh produce from a farm right down the road mm-hmm. so how did you how did you end up getting into that with St. Francis well i actually saw the job posting on facebook uh, and it actually happened about the same time we bought our farm in that i had applied for the position and by the time I had had an offer and accepted the position, it was December coming up on three years ago next month. Um, no, two years, two years ago next month, I guess it would be. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <clears throat> we closed on our property about a week or so after I started my position here at St. Francis. So I, I was kind of moving forward with the, our farm because I was out of work. And now I found myself with basically two full-time jobs, so to speak. So my time is really, really kind of uh, premium time. I Throughout the summer, I'd, I'd go to work all day, come home, eat a little dinner, and go out to the farm until dark, and then start all over again the next day. So it, it really <clears throat> amounts to a whole lot of, lot of hours, but I was able, I'm able to kind of coordinate things a little bit and 
since I'm doing the same thing of both, it kind of all comes together in, in kind of a good way. Sure. Um, so you said that you guys are in the process of doing a, a high tunnel? We we actually started building the high tunnel last fall. Um, it was actually left at the property for us to use if we wanted to. Um, it wasn't one of the Bluebird Gardens high tunnels, but it was a, uh, the folks we bought the property from had it. It was their sons, I think. But anyway, we started building it last fall and didn't get quite as far along as I had hoped. And then with all the snow we had, I wasn't able to get out there uh, during the winter and do much mm-hmm. or do anything. So we, we actually grew in our high tunnel without any covering, just basically the hoops up. And now I'm getting back to it again. Hopefully I'm going to have it covered before uh, in the next couple weeks here. And if not, I'm hoping that we don't have quite as much snow and I can get it covered in March. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because my husband is in the throes of designing a semi-permanent greenhouse for our property because Mm -hmm. we we just received a grant from uh, the Market Entry Fund from Minnesota. And the grant is to be used for a heated greenhouse. And I was wondering if you had any ideas, but it sounds like yours is just a, a general high tunnel. Yeah, it, uh, it it's it's a grow span high tunnel, and it, it typically comes as a kit. Mm-hmm. But I've had to make some, a little bit of adjustments here and there because I found I was short some items, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So I've had to kind of punt a little bit. Our, our greenhouse at the farm is a is just a kind of a lean to temporary greenhouse that I, I built. Uh, unfortunately, the first time I built it, I built it using the hoops from the the high tunnel, so it was like uh, very solid attached to our building. And then when I started building the high tunnel, I kind of wanted to shorten the high tunnel up a little bit. My wife said, "No, make it as big as you can." So I had to take my greenhouse down to build the high tunnel and then of course this year i had to rebuild the greenhouse it's not quite as uh sturdy as it used to be but uh it made it through the the spring and the summer and i'm hoping it makes it through the winter here my biggest concern is it's on the side of the building that the um it's not on the gable end of the building it's on the side Mm-hmm. So all the snow sheets off of the metal building onto my greenhouse. Oh. So I really have to watch that so I don't end up with tears and stuff in my in my covering because it's just a, a polyethylene covered greenhouse. So it's I'm, I'm hoping it makes it through the winter and I don't have to rebuild it. When I rebuilt it this year, I ended up having about oh four feet of snow and ice in there. You know, because it all came off the building, and it took about three weeks to melt that before I could start growing anything. So it was uh, a little bit later in the season than I would have liked to have started stuff in there. I had plants all over inside my building under lights because, you know, I had the plants coming, but not the greenhouse ready. So it was it was pretty tight in there. I basically had plants almost everywhere I could put them. 
Yeah. Do you ever feel like homesteading and gardening is just a running document that never gets finished? It's always being edited. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's, you're, you can always find something else that you can can do maybe better or try and hope it's better. Um, for instance, on the, the greenhouse that I did rebuild this year, that lean-to greenhouse, I ended up using uh, 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 conduit for the hoops. And I thought, well, that'll be sturdy enough, you know, and I had good, uh, or no, I actually didn't use conduits. I used uh, uh, their hoops from a grain silo, from a Mm -hmm. silo. So I thought those would be strong enough. I had them up and then I used conduits for the purlins. And uh, I thought that'll be strong enough. I put the plastic on and I did a double layer plastic and I started filling it up with air. and. I could hear this noise of kind of a creaking, and I went and looked, and it was bending the hoops of my greenhouse. The the air filling up between the two layers was actually bending my greenhouse down. So, of course, I immediately shut off the fan and looked at it. Now what am I going to do? And uh, so I got all these posts in the middle of my greenhouse that I have to kind of finagle around, you know, that helps to hold up those hoops. And it, it seems to have worked pretty well. I put a, I put a, a, a voltage regulator on the, the fan so that I can turn the fan down so it doesn't quite put as much air into there. So, yeah, it's, it's a learning experience for sure. Yeah, it's all trial and error. It never ends. We have we have tried so many things since we moved here three years ago, and some of it's worked great, and some of it not not great. We we lost a greenhouse um, two not this past summer, but but two summers ago, because it was turned the wrong way, and the wind caught it, and it went it went right over it, bent the the supports and everything. And Mm -hmm. I watched it happen. I happened to be here and I just, I was so mad. I was (laughs) like, just because we put it the wrong direction, we lost an entire greenhouse and we lost plants that were in the greenhouse too. So that was a huge bummer. And we now know, do not, do not have the greenhouse door facing the east or the west because the greenhouse won't be there after a good windstorm. Mhm. So yeah, it's it's hard, but but yeah. I think that uh pain is a really good teacher. That that hurt to lose those plants in that greenhouse, so we won't do that again. Mhm. So and, and if the weather is not cooperative, it doesn't take long to lose those plants either. Yeah. Yeah, and they were ready to go in the ground, so we ended up buying seedlings from our favorite nursery. But it ended up costing us like a couple hundred dollars more than growing them from seed ever would mm-hmm. have. So we were we were pretty disappointed. Um. So do you love what you do? Because you you sure sound like you love what you do. <laughs> I I do I do love what I do. There are times where I'd like to just walk away and say no no more. I can't do it anymore. But. I always uh, tend to get over that and go back to it again, and um, you know it's, it's been a, it's it's really been a lot of fun building that farm out there uh, the way I want it. And 
I'm thinking, like I say, we're trying to expand little by little. I, I kind of bit off a little more than I could chew last year in that I made an area for our mum production. It's all outside mum production. So I put fabric down and, and whatnot and irrigation and started everything going and things were looking great. And then all of a sudden I had I had lots of plants that were too dry. Uh-huh. And it turned out that I had over, didn't have, I had too many emitters on my irrigation. I was trying to run too much at one time. So we we actually lost a bunch of plants that way. Um, so this year I, I vamped it up a little bit and did some things differently. I still had a little bit of trouble, but not nearly as much as last year. Uh, last year we had way too many plants and I, um, Actually, that that was kind of by accident because I had some, I had one shipment come in that was damaged. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I called the company and said, "Hey, I got this shipment come. It's it's in really bad shape. A lot of the plants are dead and whatnot, right?" So of course they sent me new ones. Well, what does a horticulturist do with those ones that on the first shipment that did make it? Well, you plant, plant them. them, of course, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I ended up with way more mums than I than I wanted. Uh, so this year I made sure I, I scaled back a little bit just in case we had some of the same problems. Yeah, we had a bumper crop of basil this summer. And of what? Basil. Oh, okay. And... Uh, too much like not we could not possibly have sold everything that we had and i dry it and use it all year round and we still had too much so we ended up giving it to neighbors who have goats because goats love basil oh sure yeah we we don't we don't do any herbs right now but we're kind of we kind of just stick with the with the basics that we know that um there's going to be a good market for farmers markets yeah, my husband doesn't quite understand moderation when it comes to planting the garden. Come <laughs> come February, he's all crazy to get seeds seeds in the little seed starters and, and have green things happening. Because it's Minnesota and it's dark and it's cold and you want green things. And so he plants lots in, in with the idea that some of them won't take. And invariably they all take and then he's like well we can't just throw them away we have to plant them so our garden just gets bigger and bigger every year mm-hmm. you just you can't throw them away you have to grow them and then that that's a common problem with uh that mom pa type uh, horticultural businesses have because it's it's really hard to to get rid of that um to, you know, to put all that work in and then look at it and say, oh, I got to chuck those because I don't need them. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's a big problem or can be a big problem. Yeah, it it is. And I keep saying, honey, maybe don't plant as many seeds. And, and he's like, okay, this year I won't plant as many. And then we have more. So it's a disease, I swear. So what else can I ask you? Um, your wife, she's all in on this too. Is she a big help? Is she? Is well, she? Well, she's she's actually a disabled vet, and okay. uh, she's not in a wheelchair or anything like that. But uh, she has trouble. She falls down really easily, mm-hmm. uh, so she can't do a lot of the manual type labor stuff. 
Yeah. She can help harvest and stuff if she's really careful. But um, I would say it's probably 80% me doing most of the work and her helping where she can. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an okay split. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She she had never canned before, though, so that was kind of that was kind of fun because I had canned, um, you know, for lots of times years ago, and she had never done that. So the first um, the first tomato sauce we did, she's putting it in there, you know, just really being all careful, you know, and and stuff like that, and I'm. I'm doing the processing end, so I finally said to her, "You got to pick up the pace a little bit here because we got to get these in, get them going. You know, we're going to be here all night." Uh -huh. It was it was kind of fun. Yeah, I I swore that I would never can. My mom canned every summer in the heat of summer in Maine without any air conditioning, and so the house I swear it looked like the walls were crying because of the condensation in the house, and it was miserable. It was hot and wet mm -hmm. and gross so i swore i would never can and uh two summers ago my husband was like we really should can some of this and i said okay fine because our house has air conditioning and i thought it would be better and come to find out that when you have air conditioning it's not as miserable canning as without it <laughs> so we can san marzano tomato sauce this summer and oh it's it's amazing the 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 lasagna that I made last week with the sauce was incredible. So I'm now a convert. I I, I really do like canning. Well, we we had uh, we can right out at the farm. So we've got I bought a bought a stove and stuff for out there, and that got lots you know lots of room, and I can open the overhead doors, and we get a lot of ventilation. Don't have air conditioning, so I can't really do that, but. Mm -hmm. um, it worked pretty well for us. Nice. So how how many acres is the is the property that you bought? Well, it's, a, it's about eight and a half acres, and um, a lot of it is is wooded still. So I probably have about five acres that I can actually utilize, um, and that includes where the buildings are. So I mean, there's there's what there's. Um, Three pole barns, a Quonset, and a couple of cabins out there still. Mm -hmm. So that takes up a good chunk of, of space. But really what uh, attracted us to the property, besides the fact that it had the water and everything, is it had electricity stubbed out to where they had greenhouses. So I can I can build a greenhouse where they had a greenhouse, and I don't have to run... Uh, you know, electricity underground and all that stuff because it's already there. So and there's water out to there. So, I mean, that just having that utility is already in place uh, is going to save us tons of money, you know, when we start start doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you, did I see something about pumpkins on your Facebook page or was that <laughs> a different one? Yeah, here that, that's kind of my story of overdoing it this year, as I had this space behind one of our Quonset that my son wanted to garden last year, and so I worked it up for him, and he planted a little garden in there and stuff. And this year he's uh, been kind of busy. His his wife was deployed overseas, 
with the guard for a year. So he wasn't able to come down and do anything. Um, so I said, I'm going to put pumpkins in there, right? So I ended up with three rows of pumpkins about, oh, I'm going to think about 70 feet long, maybe, maybe not quite, no, probably not quite that, maybe 50 to 60 feet long. Three rows of pumpkins, and I did one row of jack-o'-lantern pumpkins and one row of a variety called Big Max and one row of a variety called Big Moon because I had the seeds for those. And I ended up with like 25 pumpkins that were over 100 pounds apiece. Wow. And I couldn't pick them up off the ground. I could roll them around, but I couldn't by myself pick them up to take them anywhere to to sell them. So right now the deer are eating really well out on our farm. Uh, There's one guy that hunts in the field adjacent to us, and I'm sure he's uh, probably got his deer right away because, you know, it's... I'm not baiting them per se because I don't hunt them, but it's not too far from where he's hunting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how that works. <laughs> we we have three compost piles, um, like big boxes that are open in the front, and my husband throws all kinds of stuff in there. And we had a mama deer show up last spring, and she looked pretty round. And then within a week or two, there was a baby with her. And uh, my husband saw a dead doe down the road in midsummer, and the the fawn was no longer around our house. So we think that she got hit by a car, and the do- the the fawn was old enough to take care of itself. But we're pretty mm-hmm. sure that they were eating the stuff in the compost pile. Oh yeah. So so the deer will eat anything. They they're like goats. <laughs> but it was really neat because we've never. We've never lived on acreage before. We we lived in town for 20 years. And so to have that doe show up was just so exciting to us, you know, to have a deer on our property. <laughs> well, I think uh, last winter, I think I counted maybe 15 or 20 of them in, uh, adjacent to our property uh, on the road that uh, we used to get to our property. Yeah, I was just thankful to have one. One was good. <laughs> She didn't end up eating our gardens. So that was good news. So one was perfect. All right. Well, Rick, I um I tend to keep these to about half an hour, and we've been talking for about half an hour. So I'm not going to tie you up anymore today with your time. And thank you so much for talking with me. Well, thank you for having me as a guest. And please let me know when this is up so I can I can share it as well. I will. Thank you again. All right. You have All a right. good day. Bye.